Al, we we like to do weird things for our anniversary episodes, our celebratory mm-hmm. milestone episodes. Yes. And I think we're doing something very weird and dumb this week. You know, I have to agree with you. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Season Lammy Checkup OVA. It is episode number 300. Wow. That's so many episodes. So many episodes. It's too many. No, I disagree. Let's do more. Okay, I guess we can do more. Yay! Could you could you have imagined when we started doing this podcast six years ago? Jesus Christ! That we would be still doing it <laughs> six years later. No, but that's amazing. It's, it's a wild, wild ride. Yeah, we are we are like a week away, a week and a half away from the six year anniversary. Of the podcast beginning. So That's I feel like crazy. It, it's nice to have 300 around here. Yes. What a weird thing to do. Anyways, hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello, hello. That is us. That is your, your hosts for this fantastic milestone episode. This is not a podcast about video games, anime, and manga this week. Although you could make the argument for, I think, all three of those. Yes. See, exactly. It's related. Yeah. Um, our 100th episode, we took a look back at all of our previous 99 episodes we done. Mm-hmm. For 200, we watched the Last Dance documentary about <laughs> Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. We did. And for episode 300, we're going to go off in a little bit of a different direction, I think is you know fair to say. Yeah, I think so. I believe this is something that, you know, you're a big expert in, so. Am I? I believe you're going to lead this out, lead this for us. Am I? You know, big expert Al. I mean, depending on what you ask me to be an expert on, I can be an expert, but I'm not sure this is the one that I'm an expert on. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I mean... What do you mean? I mean... You're a big expert. Um, I have not done a podcast about professional wrestling. Wrestling. Since right before we started this podcast, probably. Oh, snap, really? I believe, Yeah, the last episode I had done of my other podcast which was about wrestling and video games was August 31st 2016 literally a month before we started the SACO VA wow so yeah it's been a while since I've talked about wrestling on a podcast in like actual full in-depth length uh but yeah we're talking about wrestling today we are I thought that would be a real dumb goof to do for the (laughs) 300th episode is to make Al watch a pro wrestling event (laughs) so for some context I guess like I I'm know some of this like just tangentially because you're friends with me i'm friends with you i'm friends with another people yeah another one of my friends who's really really into it and then like yakuza yeah that's true as well and um then the weird love live connection yes and then at one point um you had me watch flippy boy i think he was wrestling a mannequin no, it was a blow-up doll, please. Bl- blow-up doll, sorry, sorry. 
<laughs> I watched that. Um, so like, I'm not completely unfamiliar with the topic. I mean, you probably know stuff from like American pop culture as well. From when wrestling was probably way was way bigger in like the late '90s and early 2000s. Right, right. Like I, I, I knew about like the Undertaker and <laughs> and things like that, and I know that like. Oh, so cold. Actually, well, I know a little bit more about that because of the magazine that I was researching. Yeah, but... you would know way more about WWF in like ninety nine two thousand because of that magazine because they just because loved that magazine. they loved putting that in there for some reason. It was so weird. So like my knowledge base is like that. I know that like Hulk Hogan existed. Yeah, fortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know that Macho Man Randy Savage existed. Fortunately. Yeah, fortunately. Um. I said Undertaker, and then, like, the weird stuff that I absorbed from that magazine. Mm -hmm. um, like, that, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah, so, I will say, like, it is weird for me, especially watching this without, like, watching a wrestling event with someone who doesn't have, like... A background? A background and, like, the knowledge of, like, terminology and just, like, the <laughs> understanding of what professional wrestling is to, like, a uh, a big extent. Right. Because, like, uh, all the people I will watch wrestling with is, like, are people who are big fans of it. So, like, you know, we can talk about the ins and outs of it. We know the terminology and everything. So it's easy to just, like, riff and do all that sort of stuff. Whereas for you, I'm, like... I, I can kind of go into that, but it has to be more explanation, exp explanatory in nature. So it's a yeah. much different dynamic. And that was really interesting for me personally, because like I haven't really had that kind of interaction in like a good, good, good long while. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting thing to go into this. But yeah, um... We had to find an event that would make sense for you because, like, it's hard to really find, like, a good pro wrestling event that's, like, suitable for a newcomer. Because, mm -hmm. like, wrestling is just, like, a very cyclical industry where, like, it's constantly going, constantly going, constantly and going. storylines. Yes, there's storylines constantly happening. And, like, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to just have, like, a place where a person can just, like, jump in and kind of just go. Or just, like, jump in for, like, a single event and have the same level of enjoyment as someone who's been like following along and understands everything that's going on at that point. Mm -hmm. So that was like the hard part. I think for me, of like trying to find something for us to watch that would be easy for you to kind of just jump into and also be something that like you would have like a little bit of knowledge of like maybe some of the people involved or like there was some weird gimmick that would make it interesting to watch or something of that nature. Mm hmm. Um, what eventually I decided to go with is like something where like you knew quite like a, a couple of people at least on this card and you had like at least some knowledge of who they were and everything. So you could like actually see them wrestle for maybe the first time mm -hmm. or, you know, something of that nature. And like also just kind of like it would help you, I guess, probably have a better time with it if you knew like some people on the card instead of just like coming into this and having no knowledge of anyone. Right. So yeah, that is why I went. Why we watched uh, night one of Wrestle Kingdom fourteen in the Tokyo Dome from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the January fourth show from twenty twenty, right before times. COVID. <laughs> oh, there's so much spitting in this. I was like, <laughs> it's it's very wild to see this event because like 
this is one of the, like the last few events they were able to have like crowd interaction and cheering for like right up until like maybe last month because wow. last month was like the first time they actually had like an event where like crowds could like yell and cheer in japan um like here in the states they've kind of been doing that for the last year or so because we're awful yes that's you know that's, that's also <laughs> true let's be real um so yeah it's it's a wild it's a wild time especially because like you look at like how they're kind of setting things up for the year to come and that it just all gets derailed because of covid and we'll get, we'll get into some of that as we move through this event and everything. Oh uh, yeah, uh, we watched night one because I think is is probably the one that you would have more knowledge of people on it mm-hmm. per se. So it just it made more sense to do this, and like I think the matches are a little bit better on night one compared to night two. So yeah, we watched we watched that. Uh, night one had a attendance of forty thousand people and eight. And eight. And eight. <laughs> I wonder who the eight are. Just eight people who just. Found their way in. It's the dignitaries that showed up. Oh yes, the rugby people. Yeah, yeah, it was them. It was yeah. They count for four people each. Yep, that's that. Yep, that's them. Oh, See, I, I figured it out. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you you're here to to help us understand this. No problem. Maybe the weird bunny girl too. Yeah, she counts for at least two people. She got two Pretty butt cheeks. She definitely has two butt cheeks. <laughs> and they were out. Yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, there are sometimes when you're watching New Japan shows and there's a lady on screen, they'll just like stick that camera right up her butthole. Oh, gross! And no. It's just like, man, you're uh, you're doing something here, aren't you? <laughs> what What is your vision, cameraman? <laughs> <laughs> right in there. Oh boy. Um. So we watched this event. We didn't want to watch the pre-show because I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> these <laughs> matches are very nothing, but I guess we'll go over the results for these. Uh, there was a special dark match that was not aired on New Japan World, but it was just for the live crowd, which was a exhibition match from the Stardom promotion, which is one of the uh, women's only promotions in Japan that is also tied to New Japan because they're both owned by Bushy Road. That's wild to me. Yeah, so the stars tandem of Mayu Iwatani and Arisa Hoshiki defeated Hanakimura and Julia in that match. Uh, the first pre-show match was Toa Hinare, Carl he- Fredericks, Clark Connors, and Alex Coughlin defeating the Great Bash Shield tandem of Togi Makabe, Tomoki Hanma, Yota Suji, and Yuya Uemura. So a bunch of like the younger, the young lions as they are, just like the trainees essentially, and are in that match. With some mm-hmm. of the, some veterans, uh, then the other pre pre show match was uh, the tag team of Ten Cozy, which is Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima, defeating Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi, four of the members of the third generation, because they're in the third generation of like trainees or something. I forget. It's I've watched <laughs> New Japan in a while, so it is. It is a thing. Anyways, we we kicked off this event with the first match on the card, which was just a bunch of old guys, essentially. Old and you guys. were like, what is happening here? <laughs> very confusing. It was very confusing. There were a bunch of old men just like, all right, let's roll up. Yes. Like, uh, okay. Y'all this was in like my grandpa or my mom's <laughs> age. It's true. Uh, this was an eight-man tag in conjunction with Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement. He's going to have his final match the night after this, but they did a, this match as well to kind of give, like, here's a bunch of people who are tied with this dude, and we're going to put them all in a match, 
and just let them have fun for a little bit. So we got uh, Naoki Sano, Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuhito Taka Takaiwa, Ryusuke Taguchi, taking on Jushin Thunder Liger, Tatsumi Fujinami, The Great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask. Um, this mask is, match is pretty basic in terms of like what's going on because like a lot of these guys are kind of older, so like they can't really do the same things they were doing 20, 30 years ago. So it's kind of just like you'll get a little bit of a showcase here and there. And we'll do a couple of spots, and then we'll just switch out. Here's a couple more guys coming in, doing some things. And we're going to switch out again, do a little more things. And then we're going to go into the finish, essentially. They didn't even let this guy win. They did not let him win, no. Liger's Terrible. team was defeated. He took the pin as well. Yep. He's like, I'm going out, and you're going to all beat me on the way out. There was that one guy who was fighting with his butt. Yes, Taguchi, he... Fights primarily with butt-based offense. He loves the number 69 because he's the 69th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, so he just wears the number 69 everywhere. Hilarious. And he had something on his butt. Yeah, the funky weapon. Funky weapon! Yeah! That was it. And I was saying it's like the juicy pants, but but <laughs> funky weapon's way better. It's pretty good. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he fights like Asuka and... Um, Tournament Fighters. Steve. Oh, and Princess Peach from Smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both butt fight. He butt, I mean, and he butt fights very similarly. He just he throws does. his butt at people. He does. It's wild, because you told me he fights with his butt. I was like, oh, okay, like, that's strange. <laughs> and then, like, we were watching it. I was like, oh, no, this man actually does fight with his butt. Okay, okay. Um. And it, it was wild to see a bunch of old dudes, like, and their masks and... Mm -hmm. They they looked like they'd seen better days. <laughs> I mean, most of them kind of have. Some of them were still, I guess, like somewhat competing around this time. So, like, you know, they were still active and doing things. I don't know if all of them were, per se, but, like, some of them at least were. But, yeah, this was basically just a showcase of, like, nostalgia and everything. Didn't you say one of them was in Yakuza? Yes. Uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. Okay. The Dragon. The dragon. He's in uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Okay. Part with the, with the other older wrestlers. I I really like the older wrestlers in the Yakuza games. Yeah. <laughs> They're very charming. Yes. And ridiculous. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, So I will tell you straight up, like, I thought the old man match was hilarious. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. It's a very interesting introduction to this show. It really is because like all of those like entries like with them coming in and uh, the the like strange mask like that one guy had like the weird hybrid mask. Mm -hmm. Um the funky weapon. <laughs> which I don't even consider that guy old. He was just there. Um He's not. Let me see how old he is. It was just—it was a very bizarre way to start, and I was like, you know what? I feel like I know what I'm getting myself into now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. 43. Yeah, he's not an old. So guy. he's still like the youngest by far. Yeah, yeah. The rest of them look like they're like in their 60s, probably. Yeah, 50s or 60s, most likely. Yeah. But yeah, that was our that was our opening contest. It ended in eight minutes and 52 seconds. Wow, was it really that quick? Yep. Oh, some of the These other ones felt like they go on forever. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's true. These first three matches are very quick because they're kind of just like... Warm up. 
not warm-ups, but like showcases for like matches that are happening on the next night. Oh, I see. And they also kind of just probably needed more matches to fill out the rest of the card, so it wasn't just like here's just the the top championship matches on the card and that's it. Gotta give people their money's worth. And all that. I see. So yeah, after we saw the old men and have some fun and everything, we saw we got kind of back to the the normalcy of New Japan as we saw an eight-man tag again, this time between the members of Suzuki Goon, which was Zack Sabre Jr., Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and El Desperado, taking on four members of Los Ingobernables de Japón, which was Sanada, Evil, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. You got to see some weird, very interesting characters in this one. Uh, like, I... like a man who came out and had a scythe. Right, <laughs> the Death Man. The Death Man. <laughs> that was wild, and I kept getting distracted while we were watching it because Sonata was like Akihiko. <laughs> no, not, not Akihiko. Not Akihiko. <laughs> no. Um, unfortunately, um. Uh, I forgot about the scythe. Good lord, that was wild. <laughs> a lot of very extra entrances in this matchup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like Bushi coming out with his weird headdress mask. Right. Uh, and then Evil coming out with his scythe and weird mask. And then Sonata just comes out with a skull mask. He's just like, hey, what's up? I'm in a tank top. <laughs> Well, and the Hello. weird thing about the skull mask is, like, the whole time the commentators are like, oh, I bet his face is going to be all messed up. I bet his like, face no. is going to be messed up. And he's he takes fine. Off and, they're, and they're like, oh, his face is fine. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> he just, But compared to everyone else where he was just like, all right, yeah, I don't have this elaborate costume. I just have my outfit and a skull mask, and that's it. Like, just the, the most normal dude there. Yeah, he just he just rolled up. Like oh okay um you know your other your other pals here went a little bit harder yeah you want you want to live up to that no okay all right nah not really nope uh and then we got to see the Suzuki Goon uh team which had Taichi and his Phantom of the Opera get up it's <laughs> <laughs> very good uh oh El Esperado looking cool as always Minoru Suzuki looking like he's gonna murder someone. And then Zack Sabre Jr. is there, and he's skinny and British. All oh, right, that butthole. He's very liberal as well. Like he also makes like all of his like finishing moves names like just super long and ridiculous. Really? I, hang on, I gotta see if I can find some of these because I know Wikipedia doesn't put them on. Put them on just... the the page anymore. I didn't like his attitude. Oh yeah, he's the bad guy, definitely. Oh, he is the bad guy. Yeah. This match was basically set around the fact that him and Sonata were fighting on the next night for the uh, the Ref Pro British Heavyweight title. So uh, that's the reason this match was a thing. I see. So it was basically just for those two, but they threw in the rest of their stable mates just to make it a, a big old eight-man tag match. A little, little fun. A little fun. So yeah, he has a finishing move called... <laughs> Hurrah, another year. Surely this one will be better than the last. The inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness. <laughs> and he also has a finishing move called Orienteering with Napalm Death. It, 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 he's like a like mid-2000s uh, like indie 
emo band. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we make this title as long as possible? All right, cool. Let's go. He has a finishing move called a hypernormalization. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's funny. Um, yeah, this match is kind of a thing. They just kind of all do their stuff. It ends in 8 minutes, 39 seconds when I believe Zack Sabre Jr. taps out Bushy. I believe that's the case. He just ties him up Sabre and nods. Sabre Jr. was the one that like won it. But... Yeah, he ties him up and nods, does the, the Diaz brothers flex. And then Sonata's like, hey, get off him. Get off him. Get off him. And then they talk smack to each other and leave. Yep. Uh, after that, we get another eight-man tag. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love eight-man tags? Because this is, this is how they start this show off. Uh, we have the chaos contingent of Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toroyanu, and Yoshihashi taking on the Bullet Club of Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, Chase Owens, and alongside Pieter. She's the girl with the butt. Oh, she's the butt gal. She's the butt gal. Okay, yeah, her butt was definitely out. Her butt was definitely out, for sure. And apparently they were just rugby guys. And yeah, the rugby guys were there, too, for reasons. Reasons. <laughs> Um, yeah, this this is just another match that happens because they are building up towards the Goto Kenta match for the never open weight title on the following day. So again, let's hey, let's get your stable mates together and let's throw you out there for a match. Why do they call it stable mates? Uh, make it sound like horses. Because it's like groups of people are called like stables or factions in wrestling. Mm. That's just the terminology essentially. Uh, yeah, this match is kind of like probably the weakest on the card per se because it's just it's just there. It happens. Mm -hmm. They do stuff. They wrestle. They definitely wrestle. Uh, Goto picks up the win, and then him and Kenta talk trash afterwards. This match was eight minutes and seventeen seconds long. The is shortest really match on the short? the shortest match on the main card. Wow. It was it was a thing for sure. Uh, following that, we get into the first of our five title matches ba -ba -bum. that headline the first night of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. The Gorillas of Destiny of Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa defending against Finn Juice of Juice Robinson and David Finley. Oh, this was a weird one. Because <laughs> they started wrestling outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I kept thinking those other dudes um, were going to just, like, blow it at any point. And, like, they kept coming back. I'm like, bro, how are you still alive? This match was interesting because, like, it is base it's very basic pro wrestling in terms of, like, you know, the bad guys get the upper hand initially. They uh, they do, they beat down the, the good guys for a while. The good guys come back. They start to get the advantage, and then it goes back and forth, back and forth until the end of the match, essentially. So, like, you watching you or like listening to you watch this was very intriguing because, like, it's it was you just got caught up into like just the basic flow of everything and just being like, Oh, I can't believe they're coming back. Oh, man, they're doing it. Oh, oh, no, I don't know if they're gonna do it. Oh, they thought oh, they're gonna do it. It was very fun to, to hear all that. And their goofy neon silly pants. Yeah, that that's true. That's for true as well. One of them reminded me of my brother's best friend. <laughs> so, like, all I could see is just Chris out there wrestling in neon pants. <laughs> but at the same time, I was also like, you know what? Chris would. Chris would wrestle in neon pants. But it, it, 
I, I really didn't know how this was going to go down. Like, mm-hmm. it was so bizarre that it started outside of, of everything to begin with. But Yeah, they start brawling, on, like, on the outside to begin with. And then, like, David Finley gets thrown off the stage. Juice Robinson takes a back body drop on the stage. So, it's like, all right, you're already at a disadvantage. And the match is, the match is beginning. So, have at it. <laughs> and one of them just disappears for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where did he go? And he pops back up. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm here. Did they just, like, yeet him into the audience? What happened? They yeeted him off the stage. I guess that's one way off to Off the ramp. It. And he's just like, oh, this hurts. Owie. <laughs> or as the owl commentary would go, ow. 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 <laughs> there was so much of it. It looks, looks like so it hurts. Painful. So painful. Uh. Owie. Owie. <laughs> I don't want to get dropped on a floor. Yeah, I mean, that would suck. It would suck real Not bad. Not fun. No, no, no bueno. No bueno. It was. It was. It was strange though. I was not expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this. You weren't expecting to get invested in the way you did. Yeah, I was like, oh man, these dudes—they're gonna totally lose it. Oh no, they're not gonna lose it. They're coming back. They're going Oh no, they're gonna lose again. <laughs> nope, nope, they're coming back. This is basic pro wrestling psychology 101, essentially. <sighs> that's why it works. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just feel like a dummy. No, no, it's great. No, that's, I mean, everyone goes through that. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, this match was fun. Um, Not a long match in the slightest, like it is 1325. Bell to bell. It longer than that. Yeah, but I think probably because of the extracurricular activity at the beginning and everything. Made it a little bit longer, but yeah, it's, it's just a decent tag match, especially because like a lot of times I feel like the the tag title match at Wrestle Kingdoms are kind of eh. eh. They uh they mentioned like how like, I think like the last seven or so like the tag the titles had like changed hands, so like you kind of always knew going in like oh championships are gonna change hands here some form or, or nature or whatever. But I think this match was real fun. Like the both these teams meshed really well together. They were able to like bring out like I said like basic psychology of a wrestling match and it just worked super well mm-hmm. with what they were doing and like they just they all hit on all cylinders throughout this match and it was just a fun time is that man's name really juice I mean not his real name's not juice okay I'm glad that his parents don't hate him that much <laughs> no he just he just that's his wrestling name I don't know why you would go with juice but you know what you do your best, Juice. Because you can make the fans chant, chant, Juice, Juice, Juice. <laughs> do that. But yeah, that match was fun. Yeah, I liked it. That was a good time. I like the neon pants. You you did like the neon pants. You were very <laughs> wilded out when they came out. <laughs> they were insane. Those, those... <laughs> I mean, the other outfits that the other folks had on, they were just like normal black outfits. And then you come in like this disgusting neon 90s i'm like yeah mm-hmm. yeah i want those guys to win anybody wears neon you know i'm probably gonna root for them <laughs> uh, so yeah that that was the tag title match following that we had the iwgp united states heavyweight title match contested in a texas death match Oh, this was the one with the, like all the chairs and stuff. Yeah, between Ooh. champion Lance Archer and challenger John Moxley. 
This is also one that I didn't know where it was going to go. This was a weird match because, like, I feel like... Because they, they, they had this match, I think, last year because they, like, revisited it. Um, really? Mm-hmm. And it was a lot more violent and bloody than this match was. It felt like they were definitely kind of being more tame because of the, you know, the, the audience that they were wrestling in front of. Whereas mm-hmm. if you were doing this in America, it would just be like... We're going to throw more chairs, more tables, more weapons. We're both going to bleed buckets, all that sort of stuff. So, like, it's especially it's weird because, like, watching a John Moxley match in 2022, it's like, all right, time till he bleeds is very, is very much a thing. And watching really? this match and seeing him not bleed, I was just like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> What's happening here? Um, this match is fine. Um, it's very much just your standard hardcore weapons match. Um, they don't do a whole lot, like, super wild or anything. Like I said, I think it's just because of the audience they're wrestling in front of. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They pull out tables and throw a man into the tables. Yeah, that's that's pretty tame compared to the stuff I've seen them do before. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, they both hurt themselves in that process, but... Yeah. Um, a whole lot All of, right. like, chairs, a lot of garbage can lids. They do the table spot at the end. That's the big the big finish where... There's that one rod thing. Oh yeah, there's the the kendo stick as well. Yeah, that thing. So pretty normal hardcore stuff here. Um, Moxley wins doing the uh, the Death Rider through two tables on the outside and knocking Archer out for the ten count. Also cutting his arm open pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he was bleeding a lot. Got a little gash there. Yikes. Um. Yeah. So Moxley wins the U.S. title. He would go on to hold it through the pandemic essentially. Wow. Because he couldn't travel back to Japan to defend it, so... Oh, right. Um, he would eventually start defending it on U.S. television, on AEW, which is his U.S. home promotion. Mm-hmm. And he was also able to defend it on New Japan via, like, they had a studio set up in California that they did some of their U.S. television shows for. So mm-hmm. he's able to go and do that and all that. It's super interesting, I think, to watch, at least for me, to watch Moxley in this match because, like, this is two and a half years ago and this is prior to him going to rehab for alcoholism. And just, like, the difference between this version of him and the version of him now is, like, so night and day. Like, he's really? such a better wrestler now. You didn't even tell me that part. Since all of that stuff has happened, it's wild to see it and everything. And, like, this is a month before he wins the AEW World Heavyweight title and, like, goes on to carry that carry the company essentially through the pandemic as well as the heavyweight champion. And it's just, like, he did a lot of stuff through 2020 that probably would maybe not have happened in the same way if, like, COVID didn't hit and all that sort of stuff. So it's an interesting yeah. thing. And, like, now seeing him in 2022 or, like, he's, like, he's much slimmer now. He just has like a more ruth. He has. It's weird to say he has a more ruthless and violent style, but he does. <laughs> but yeah, it's, he's just, he's such a better wrestler. Just two and a half years later from this, it's wild to see. Um, I think the thing that was so weird to me is that he just looked like a regular dude rolling yeah. up, and yeah. then the other guy's like, "Look at my crazy outfit and my trash can lids and my my hair, my tramp my stamp." Hair. His, oh god, the tramp stamp! I forgot about the tramp stamp. He had like two giant braids of different colors, and then like this massive tramp stamp. And then like the other guy looked like he rolled up from like Whole Foods. Yeah, Moxley is just like he. His whole character is like kind of he is just kind of just a normal dude who just loves to fight and beat people up. But he has this like aura of coolness to him that like everyone is able to resonate with. 
in a like he like he just has like a realness to him that like a lot of wrestlers don't when they're trying to like portray a character per mm-hmm. se. And I think like the way like you know he was public about his going to rehab and everything really helped people and like or him help people see him in a different light and like also helped make him like even more of a real person that's like helped him through this year in particular mm-hmm. um like there's a moment when he comes back and like he's cutting a promo and it's like super wild to think like someone in the crowd is like go back to rehab and like this is on american television and they don't bleep it out and he literally turns and says hey f- you get this piece of sh- out of here <laughs> <laughs> they don't believe it. Oh my god! <laughs> and the whole crowd's like, "Yeah, that's amazing." Yeah, he's had a, a heck of a run like this this past year in particular. So it's it's like I said, it's wild to see him in this environment and like compared to how he is now. Um, Archer as well is also in AEW. He he would follow suit in twenty twenty, going there. Um, Maybe not been used I, I th- to. I thought you meant a rehab. <laughs> no, he did not go to rehab as well. No. Um, he has probably not been used to the same extent, but like he still had some good stuff. Like him and Moxley had a rematch for the U.S. title last year in Texas because that's where Archer's from, and Archer was able to beat him for the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. And they did. A, they basically ran back the Texas Death Match. And like I said, it was just more violent and bloody, but probably a better match than this was. So that was interesting to see. But yeah. Um, it is interesting to kind of see this as well because, like, this is very much American style pro wrestling compared to like some of the other matches on this card, which are very Japanese style pro wrestling, and just kind of seeing the differences between those two styles, especially mm-hmm. on this card in particular. But yeah, this match was fine. It was 14 minutes 26 seconds of weapons and tables, blood. no blood, and kind of some blood at the end. <laughs> the arm was bloody. Yes. Uh, Moxley goes on to to defend the title against Juice Robinson the next night, successfully defeating him there, and then Minoru Suzuki comes out and beats him up, <laughs> and that was real cool. What? Yeah, the murder gran- the murder grandpa came out because he's like, I want to I want to fight you, and then they they have a they have a really fun match. I think uh, the next big New Japan show I think that I really enjoyed, and then they had a match I think last year as well in AEW that was also fun. Why did he just want to murder him all of a sudden? That's just what Minoru Suzuki does. He just like he'll he'll target in on someone. He's like, I just want to beat the crap out of you. Okay. <laughs> I want to break all your bones. Okay. Suzuki's interesting because like he has like legitimate legitimacy because he's like a former like actual MMA fighter or like kind of an MMA fighter. He did like a lot of like the hybrid pro wrestling MMA stuff in Japan. So like mm-hmm. he knows a lot of that kind of stuff. But he also understands the showmanship and like the the character work of pro wrestling so like it's endured him to a lot of people in terms of like because because of how he is and everything um and he just like he's just a really fun wrestler to watch because he'll just like beat the crap out of people <laughs> and that's always fun <laughs> God. but yeah that was a good time anyways on to our our, our next match for the iwgp junior heavyweight title Will Ospreay defending the belt against the returning Hiromu Takahashi. The Catman. The Catman versus that head guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was Hiromu's first big, big match since he broke his neck in the summer of 2018. Not 2018, wow. 2017, right? 27, no, 2018. Because it's 2020. I don't, I don't know. 
2018. Um, he broke that broke his neck in a match against Dragon Lee in California. Oof. And he was out of action for basically a year and a half. Until now, and he's back. Catman. He's got a very flamboyant jacket on. <laughs> he's got the boots with the fur. And he's got his cats in the the his entrance video. <laughs> yeah, he does. That and some fun. of the fans had cats too. Yeah, because I think they like sell those as merch now. Makes sense. It's really I, good. If I were running a merch booth, that's what I would do. Exactly. Give him all the cats. All the cats. Hiromu is like one of my favorite pro wrestlers just because he has such a weird and wild style compared to a lot of people in the industry. Mm -hmm. Like before he broke his neck, like he was just insane with like the stuff he was doing in terms of like no fear and just doing crazy. Hmm. Like he would literally like dive from the top rope and just throw his body at people. No God. On, onto people who are like outside of the ring. Oh God. That's how like just wild he is. Like we should we should watch the first Hiromo Dragon Lee match from like 2016. That was like the match that like got him on everyone's radar. I was like, dude, what the f is going on with this guy? Because it is <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, this match is this match is fun. Um, as much of a head Will Osprey is, he's a he's a pretty good professional wrestler. And, you know, he's able to show that in this match and everything. Hiromu doesn't really look like he's, like, missed a step since breaking his neck, which is wild to think about. He's still doing some wild stuff in here and there. It's, like, a little bit more restrained than what he usually is. But, like, it's still that kind of breakneck speed, that breakneck style and pace that he's able to, like, push on his opponents and everything. They do kind of tell the story here of, like, you know, Osprey targets the neck of Takahashi and everything. Like, oh, is, is the neck is, is the neck fully healed or anything? Is, is he going to be okay? But, of course, he's able to be okay because it's a wrestling match. I was worried. And it's, that's the story they're telling. Um, also, Osprey was running around with, like, paladin pants on, which was very strange. Yeah. He's a weird I didn't, dude. I didn't understand that. But I was very against him the whole time because I knew he was <laughs> dead. And he's going against the cat man. And he's going against the cat man. I was like, all right, I know the cat man. I appreciate the cat, man. And I know that that guy's a shithead, so <laughs> this is an easy one. Yeah. Um, they have a real big back-and-forth match and everything. Uh, Hiromu is able to hit the time bomb on Osprey, but Osprey kicks out, and then Hiromu has to break out his new finishing maneuver, the time bomb two to win <laughs> what a good title very innovative name and everything yeah. yeah he's able to recapture the iwgp junior heavyweight championship and all that and he's very happy uh hiromo goes into the next night teaming up with his bitter rival dragon lee to take on jushin thunder liger and naoki sano in liger's retirement match really yeah how'd that go uh liger lost <laughs> what i know very shocking um, that leads into another Hiromu Dragon Lee match at the next big show for the junior title where they literally take like 10 minutes out of the first however many minutes that match was and just slap each other in the chest for like 10 straight minutes. And it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it rules so much. <laughs> They're just sitting there chopping each other in the chest for like minutes upon minutes and the crowd's just like, wow. <laughs> Because oh they God. neither of them back down or anything, and then it's like, and it's like afterwards, it's just like huge, just red welts on both of their chests and everything. It's awesome, amazing. 
So good. Uh, that match was 24 minutes and 33 seconds. How many? 24 minutes. Wow. This was another one that I definitely got caught up in the in the storyline of it. Yeah. Very easy to. And then that takes us into our double main event. Double main event. Which let's 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 set the the, the story for everyone here because there is a story going into this and why there is a double main event and a and then a main event happening on the next night featuring two people that will the two winners of these next two matches. Okay. All right, I'm going to read you from Wikipedia here. That'll tell okay. you why this is happening. On August 12, 2019, Koto Ibushi won the G1 Climax 29 by defeating Jay White in the tournament final, entitling him to a match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. On night 18 of the G1 Climax, White defeated Tetsuya Naito to advance to the final. On September 22nd at Destruction in Kobe, White defeated Naito to win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. During the year, Ibushi, Naito, and White all stated their intentions to become double champion at Wrestle Kingdom. On November 3rd, at Power Struggle, after White's Intercontinental Championship match, Okada, Ibushi, White, and Naito came to the ring where Okada suggested to have a fan vote to check if the New Japan fans wanted to see a double title match for both the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships as the main event of Night 2 at Wrestle Kingdom. New Japan held a public poll the next day where the fans voted in favor for a double title match. On November 5th, an IWGP Intercontinental Championship match between White and Naito for Night 1, and the double title match for Night 2 was scheduled, with the losers of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and Intercontinental Championship matches on Night 1 facing off in the match on Night 2. Simple, I guess. Kind of. Kind of. Basically, a lot of them wanted to be double champions, so they are like, okay, let's just do this, I guess, as this, as this story. Yep. So we get into the first match of the double main event for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Champion Jay White defending against Tetsuya Naito. You were not happy with Jay White's beard. It was terrible. <laughs> was this the one where the commentator was just like completely yes. simping for it? Yes. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, so I had to I had to explain to you the concept of bad guy announcers. <laughs> That was so weird. <laughs> that man was hardcore simping. He was. He was like, oh, man, this Jay White. <laughs> I want him to spit on me. He's like, bro, Too you better calm down. <laughs> there was a lot of spitting in this match for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so this like weird Rasputin guy comes out, and he's like, weird log man. This stupid beard. <laughs> I was like, okay, hi, I guess. And then the commentators is like, I love this man and I want to bury him. I'm like, what is happening right now? What? It's strange that we've gotten this far into this with all this weird shenanigans going on. And this is the part that I'm just like, what? Yeah, this is the part you're just like, wait, well, hang on a minute. This is too far. What's going on here? <laughs> Like this is the part we've had. We've had dudes in like weird masks, and <laughs> we've we've had a cat man, and then this guy. I'm just like, what, 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 what? What's going on here? I'm Excuse so me. Confused. Uh, the other guy was he the one that you were telling me about the whole like eyeball thing, or is that a yes, different guy? Yes, that's the same okay. one. Okay. Okay. 
And at one point, the the other dude did it, and I was like, I don't like you. I I don't <laughs> like you. Like I know that you probably don't mean it that way, but you are a white guy. Al hates the bad guys, loves the good guys. <laughs> she is the demographic wrestling is looking for. <laughs> They're like, yes, please go into our audiences and cheer for the good guys. Please. Please. <laughs> Boo those bad guys. Boo. Well, we'll have to discuss the uh, the final one, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. That, that's a fair point, yes. B but on this one... It's very, yeah, very it, obvious. <laughs> yeah, it was very obvious. I was like, that's racist. You shouldn't do that. Um, Like, the other guy's doing it. He's reclaiming something that's been used against him. You know what? That's his prerogative. He could do that. Mm -hmm. You, Mr. New Zealand man. <laughs> Kiwi you can't man. do that. You can't do that, Mr. Kiwi. You you, you look like a stick. Hit him with the Kiwi. A Rasputin stick. <laughs> rah, rah, Rasputin. Rah, rah, Rasputin. Um, it, it was weird. They, yeah. <laughs> uh, the story of this match essentially is that Naito's not supposed to be here. He's the one who really doesn't have a claim here at all. He's the one who doesn't have a championship going into it, but he kind of just weasels his way in here. Um, he is potentially like the most popular wrestler in the company, and he has been for like the last couple of years ever since he came back from his mini excursion. Um, which I guess let's, let's explain this in a way that makes sense for everyone. Uh, Naito comes into the company originally, like once he gets his his big breakout singles push to become like a big main eventer and everything, like. He's the, the pretty old good guy, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies type of deal. And the fans hate him. Really? Because they're like, we don't buy that he is this guy. He, we don't buy that he's the dude. Because he, he wins the, the G1 before he goes on to face Okada for the, the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom like in 2013 or something like this. And he declares to everyone that he is the top guy in New Japan. And the crowds are like, no, you are not. So, like, his big push basically fails. He loses the belt at, at Wrestle Kingdom because he also loses a fan vote, so he gets bumped from the main event. And yeah. he just kind of, like, spirals downwards because, like, the fans don't really care for him, and he's just not really doing anything as a good guy. So, I think it's in 2015 or 2016, he goes to Mexico for a little bit. Oh, right, and you he, mentioned that. He he teams up with some people he had, like, tagged with before, and they're in this group called Los Ingobernables, the Ungovernables. And basically, he starts turning into this bad guy character, where he just, like, stops caring about what fans are doing, doesn't care about the rules or anything. And doesn't very, kiss babies. Doesn't kiss babies. He's very aloof. And just basically starts using that as his character, and he comes back to New Japan, and it's, like, this big bad guy character, and the fans love it. That's so weird. <laughs> and, like, he becomes, like, the most popular guy in the company in this short run, to where, like... Eight months after he comes back from Mexico, he wins the heavyweight title from Okada in a match where Okada's the, the babyface here, the good guy, and he's getting booed out of the building because everyone wants Naito to win. Wow. It's a wild turn of events. So, like, eventually, like, he still kind of does these bad guy tendencies here and there, but he's very much in the good guy realm now. And, like, he, he basically brings, like, that version of Los Ingobernables to Japan and dubs it Los Ingobernables de Japón. <laughs> and, like, the Catman's in that group, and then, like, some of the other guys we saw earlier are also in the group as well. 
So, like, he's become, like, this big top good guy now, kind of, but he still has not been able to win the, the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom because he failed, like, two years prior and lost to Okada again. So now he's back in this, and the whole kind of, like, story they try to tell is, cause, like, they, they tie in, like, his love of baseball on this, and they're like, it's the bottom of the ninth, he's down, and he has to, like, basically hit a home run to, to make it to tomorrow, to make it into the, the double title main event. Whereas Jay White's here, he's he won the heavyweight title earlier in the year, he's kind of been the big new star for most of this year and everything. Now he has the Intercontinental title. Now he wants to win back the heavyweight title on the next night and prove that he is the best wrestler in the world right now. So that's the, kind of like the story they go in and are telling with this match in particular. Um, a lot of this match as well kind of goes into like White working on Naito's knees because he has historically bad knees as you see they're like they're very wrapped up over under mm-hmm. his knee pads and everything so that kind of kind of becomes the focal point and everything and also jay white like trying to cheat as much as he can to ensure that he wins and everything because that's kind of been his mo lately is just he cheats and basically wins and everyone hates him <laughs> there's that one part where he was like making him smile for the camera which is yeah. really really weird just like fish hooking his mouth and like smile for the camera I was like, whoa, this man needs to calm down. <laughs> um, this match is pretty good. Like they they have a really good back and forth. They tell a really good story here. Um, a lot of hope spots for Naito where you think like White's got him and everything, where he's gonna cheat or whatever. They do a ref bump in this match. Cause referees are fragile. Oh, is this just... the one where we were talking about the, the soccer players? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you akin referees to soccer players where like if they barely get touched, they're just down on the ground and in, in pain. Just crying. It's not like wrong. It's like they lost a limb. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually Naito's able to hit I think two Destinos, his finishing move, and pin JY to become the Intercontinental Champion and move on to night two into the main event for the double titles. Can he finally do the thing that has eluded him his whole career? Can he win the big one in the Tokyo Dome? He just shows up again later. He's like, hello. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm going to throw this belt on the ground. (laughs) This match went 33 minutes and 54 seconds. Wow. Long match. A lot of like the the main events of New Japan matches are long matches because that's kind of like the style they have currently. Is like, you know, they have these big, long, epic matches. Like, that's kind of like the way they build their match, match structure and everything. So you get both, you get two of those here with the, the double main events. And then, so wait, okay. Wait, what is, wait, 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 wait. I was going to say, I got introduced to Red Shoes. Yes, the, the referee, Red Shoes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, continue. Uh, what, what did you think of this match? Because this is like your first big, long match, I guess, of the night. I mean, I was I was into it. I was mm-hmm. really thrown off by, like, everything. The spitting. The the spitting was awful and terrifying. <laughs> and the first time it happens, you're like, whoa! I was like, wait, pre COVID, pre COVID. <laughs> I still think that spitting on people is disgusting in general. Even no, pre-COVID. I mean it is, yeah. Um, like I said, the commentator was making me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because he was just like, that was an unfair. There's a bias against him. And I was like, whoa. Chill. Um. So, yeah, like, I was totally the dupe who's like, yeah, I want the other guy to win. <laughs> um. 
I think it's terrifying to me. And this this is the case with the other one too. Like they they like play it up for the story of like, hey, this is a weak spot of this person, and let's just repeatedly attack that part. And I'm just like, no, 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 that's that's mean. Basic psychology there. Don't do that. That's that's mean. Working a limb. Oh man, that's not <laughs> nice. That's not nice at all. Um, and I I don't. I didn't pick up on the cheating part mm-hmm. at all, but maybe because I don't know the rules. Yeah, maybe you're also. There was a lot of times you were like, "Is this legal? Can they do this?" <laughs> yeah, sure. There were a lot of times I was because like, I don't know any of the moves. I don't know any of yeah. the legalities. I was just like, "All right, are they allowed to be on the floor that long?" <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, I learned about the touching the rope to to get a breakout. Mm-hmm. There was that. Was it this one or the other one where the kick out happened? I was like, oh, that's It might have been the next one. I don't remember. There was one that was totally a three count. And they're like, Big 2.9999999999 count. Yeah, I was like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. That would be the kind of count that a U.S. crowd would just be, like, be chanting like at a referee for. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty <laughs> lame. Um... But yes, yeah, so I, I was totally just complete wrestling dupe here, and was like, "Yeah, I want, I want that guy to win. <laughs> Get out of here, weird Rasputin." Raw, raw Rasputin. He was very strange and unlikable. <laughs> the kiwi. The kiwi. Um, I did have to ask you at one point if he was from New Zealand because they said something about kiwi. I was like, "Yeah." Either this man really likes fruit, <laughs> or he's from New Zealand. He does yeah, have an accent. He does have an accent, so I'm going to assume, but I'm going to ask anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's amazing how long these things can go. Oh, like, yeah. I didn't expect that at all. I have watched matches that have gone over 60 minutes before. How do people's bodies hold up that long? Good because, cardiovascular like, energy. Also, like, just doing a lot of, like, spots where you just sit and rest for a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's just brutal, and they all, like, seem so out of breath and, like, blah, by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Although, in particular, it was the, the one with um with the tramp stamp. Mm-hmm. It was wild to me because like they were all out of breath and they were struggling it was a real hard time and then like as soon as he won the other guy just like all right cool i'm fine <laughs> i'm just gonna stand up and walk around and show you this thing i'm, I'm good i'm good i'm like see it's the adrenaline of victory that pushes you forward there sure <laughs> sure adrenaline of victory yeah that's how that works um so that that was something that i did notice i was like that's that's suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's still got to be like completely tough on your body to do this for like 20, 30 minutes, whatever. Yeah, totally. Like, Jesus Christ. 100%. Ow. You know, my, my go-to phrase here, ow. Ow. <laughs> I am baby. And so every time I see something like that, I'm just like, no, no. Ow. No, 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 no pain pain ouchie <laughs> uh so yeah that leads us to the uh, the final match of the night which i did not know what i was getting into here 
you're like, who do I who do I root for here? I didn't know. I didn't know who to root for because it was like I I know both of these people mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I am okay with both of these people sort of. Like I don't I don't have anything against either one of them. Yeah. Um so I was having a very hard time deciding like who do I actually want to win? And then I finally decided I don't actually care. Like either one of them could win and I'd be okay. I'm just here for a good match. Just here for a good time, man. <laughs> Watch these dudes in their very, very tiny shorts. <laughs> Do the true. thing. Very tiny shorts. <sighs> um and one of them had like red panel on the and the undercarriage area that was like, it looks like he <laughs> himself. <laughs> You did um, say that. <laughs> it was an unfortunate choice. <laughs> don't don't have all gold pants and then one like weird red panel in, in the undercarriage area. Mm. It look it looks like you either shit yourself or start your period. <laughs> I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Bleeding down here. Got the oh, butt no. blood. The butt blood. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I legitimately did not know who to root for here. I was just like, all right, I'm just I'm just here for a good time. Let's go. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh this is the main event for the IWGP heavyweight championship. The G one climax winner, Kota Abushi, defending or facing off against champion Kazuchika Okada. Duh, this is a heck of a match. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It is very good. It is very, very good. I got to see some flips. You did get to see some flips. I got to see one really bad flip. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was definitely not scripted. No, that was bad. I mean, the fact that the flip happened was probably scripted. Yeah. But how he landed was definitely not. So so for those that have seen this before, like not seen as... Um, like halfway through the match, Ibushi is going for a Pele kick, which essentially is a backflip kick. And the way they were going to do this, I think, is that Ibushi was going to backflip, Okada was going to catch him, and they were going to go into, like, struggling for the Tombstone pile driver. Ibushi would reverse it, and then he would hit the Crunchy. Okada doesn't catch Ibushi Those are here. Words. Yeah, Okada doesn't catch Ibushi, so Ibushi flips and then just lands right on his head. Yeah. And everyone's just like, ooh! Yeah, it, oh it, no! That was not a good thing. Yeah, I remember watching that live and just being like, "Oh, that's not good. That's bad. That's real bad." And then he wrestles for like another twenty minutes. He still she's a he's, monster. He did seem a little off after that, though. Oh yeah, yeah, because he probably got knocked loopy for a bit. Yeah, I mean that probably really freaking hurt. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I will say though, I was very impressed because Bro came out with like his boy band hair. Mm-hmm. And, like, by the end, his hair was still not that bad. Like, I expected it to be, like, a big sweaty mess. <laughs> it's good and hair he, product. He, he still had some, like, decent boy band hair going on by the end. <laughs> I was like, all right, good for you, man. I don't know who your hairstylist is, but you should give him a raise. <laughs> yeah. Got to see them flips. Yeah, this match is really good. They do a lot of, like, starting off slow, doing some grappling here and there, trying to see who's going to get the advantage there, and then... You know, eventually it kind of turns into like a striking exchange, and then just things start going off to the races from there. Um, so who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? They're both good guys. So what do you do in that situation? You, you do you, like you, I do, and you just say I'm here for a good time. Yeah, or you you pick your favorite, and you're like, I want them to win no matter what. Okay, well, 
my context coming into this is this is Flippy Boy. Yes. <laughs> who is just stupidly built. Yes. <laughs> um, Flippy Boy is a bushy, by the way, for those who are unaware of our nicknames <laughs> for people. Because he and does then, a lot of flips. He does a lot of flips. And then Okada was like, I know you because of Yakuza and Love Live. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd be fine with you winning, too. Also, it looks like you got some sweet eyeliner on, and I can't be mad at that. <laughs> I don't know if he actually had sweet eyeliner on. I don't think on, he it... did, but I don't, I don't know for sure. He had very defined eyelines. It was very beautiful. He's got that I'm, good I'm, face. I'm sure that's why good she fell in love is those eyelines. She's like, oh, man, look at that. He looks like he's wearing eyeliner all the time. Like, I, I got to have babies with this man. Okay, so you want to know the funny thing about how potentially they could have met? Yeah. Because... Uh, she he's married to Umi's voice actress from Love Live, right? Mm-hmm. She was a voice in the Tiger Mask W anime who had a collaboration with New Japan. Mm-hmm. So they were doing live action wrestling matches to hype up the anime. And she would come in and do the introductions for Tiger Mask W, who, by the way, was played by one Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, so when they did those live action matches... They got Abushi to come in, who wasn't in New Japan at the time, to play Tiger Mask W for those matches. Oh my God, what? Just very wild. So like, she would do the ring announcing and everything, and like, she did one of like the, the the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom and everything. So like, she had been, and she does like I think a couple of other events as well. She comes in and does the ring announcing because that's what she I think she does in the show as well. So like, yeah, she does that, and then like they him like Okada faces Tiger Mask W at one of like the anniversary shows. Which is very wild to think because they don't mention that in like the the build up to this match of like no. they show the other match that they had had at like an anniversary show. Where I think uh, Ibushi was the junior heavyweight t- champion at the time, but they don't mention that because like it's not supposed to be known that he's Ibushi. <laughs> oh, I see. But like he would just do all of his Ibushi moves, and everyone's just like, "Hey, wait a minute! I think I've seen that before." <laughs> I know that. Like the guy. English commentators were like very much like, "All right, you, we know who this is, but we're not going to say exactly who it is." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like that's a funny like interaction between all three of those right there wow um so yeah uh these two are some of the best wrestlers in the world it's like there's no argument i think from anyone to do that like okada has been on top of new japan for like the last decade like they made him the guy and he has been the guy abushi's kind of been in and out because like they wanted him to sign to the company for so long but he like he liked being a freelancer and just kind of doing his own thing because he's a he's a bit of a weirdo <laughs> and just <laughs> likes doing weird things like what do you what concerts weird things I, he like he wanted to make his own weird federation at one point and he just had these very bizarre ideas for it and everything he hmm. sometimes does i mean he's he's done a lot of weird matches before like he's wrestled at a lake before a river He's wrestled a blow-up doll. <laughs> yes, he's. he's and all, did he lose on that one? No, he, he won. He almost. I mean, no. he, he 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 he's a he's a wild dude. He went almost twenty minutes with that blow-up doll, please, because <laughs> he's a <laughs> madman. Madman. He's flipped off of cars in the UK and shot fireworks at himself because he's a wild dude. What in the heck? There was a time he was almost in WWE. <laughs> Didn't he, like, flip off a balcony at one point? He flipped off the balcony in the Budokan and got banned from the Budokan. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a maniac. Oh, my 
my god, that's hilarious. But he's also just incredibly good. Very talented. Very talented. So, like, he's... At this point in time, he'd finally signed an exclusive contract with New Japan. So, like, they finally had him, and now they're, like, they're giving him the push that everyone had been waiting for for, like, years at this point. Because they felt like he had... He's one of the guys that, like, you know, should be at the top of the company. So, like, that's Mm kind of, like, where this is heading. And he's going against the guy who's been the top of the company for years and years. And it's just been, like, this interesting struggle between these two is seeing like who's actually going to be the better person or better wrestler here who's going to win this match and go on to night two essentially um but yeah they do a lot of really fun and good stuff here i really like because i think at this point they had been doing this thing where like if abushi takes enough damage he goes into this weird fugue state where he just like loses all emotion and it's like zeroes in on his opponent and just beats the shit out of them they had that moment where like mm-hmm. He he kept getting like hit and stuff. And he's just like, meh. And meh. I thought it was real interesting as well. Like where meh. he starts kind of doing bad guy stuff when he's doing that. Or like he he puts Okada in like the corner. Like he's slumped there, and the referee's trying to get him out. And he like just turns and starts kicking him in the head, and the crowd starts booing him. Yeah. Which I thought was a really good moment because it's like they're like, no, don't do this. You're not that guy. Don't be that guy. You're not that guy. But, like, that was, I think that's a fun thing to, like, add to his character. Because, like, you know, he's just this very athletic guy. But, like, he gets takes too much damage or, like, something happens. He just snaps and it's like, oh, I'm going to just destroy you now. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, he's not even in there anymore. Yeah. Like, I think that stuff's really good. He's um, very good at pulling off that whole, like, I have no emotion right now. Other than yes. just, I need to destroy you. Very he's much. Very good at pulling that mm-hmm. off. It was very believable. It's interesting to like see Okada like try and go up against like just he keeps forming him and nothing's happening. He's just like I what am I what what do I do here? Yeah, oh, he looks no. so confused by it. He's like um, and um just, the onslaught comes and he's like uh, uh it's a lot of a lot of boob slapping. A lot of boob slapping for sure. Um, hi Maxwell. Maxwell also is into the boob slapping. He likes stepping on him. He doesn't like slapping. <laughs> that him. is true. Uh, there's a bunch of high spots in this match as well. A bunch of exciting moments. There's we get to see Ibushi go for the Phoenix Splash and he misses bad. <laughs> no water in the pool. I don't know what that means. That was the move where he was like backwards on the top rope and then did a f- a front flip and missed. Mm. He went. Pop. Wasn't there a thing where he was on the the top rope and it got reversed on him? Yes. Because you told me early on, like, top rope is risky. High risk. And it didn't work out here. You also got to see his golden star moonsault, I think it's what it's called. Golden triangle moonsault or whatever, where he, like, his opponent's on the outside of the ring, and he just jumps onto, like, the, the turnbuckle part of the, like, the, the bar, mm-hmm. and it just moonsaults off <laughs> like a madman. Right. And he's just like, yep, I can do that easily. It's easy. Crazy. <laughs> no biggie. Crazy. Um, I think the end of this match is really good as well. They they do a lot of good. There's some good false finishes here, where like Okada's able to hit him with the Rainmaker. Ibushi's able to kick out Okada, or Ibushi's able to kind of fire back up, hit him with the um, what's the what's what does he call his finisher? Ah, I forget. It's it's the, the you know the knee thing. I know it's it's the knee thing. I forget what he calls it, though. But regardless, he hits Okada with it. 
doesn't put him away. He hits Okada with a V-trigger, which is his former tag team partner, or Ibushi's former tag team partner's, one of his signature moves, and him and Okada have also had a big trilogy in New Japan, so, like, that's a big, like, ooh, interesting kind of moment for fans in the know. But Okada is able to kind of power back through, hits him with, like, three straight Rainmakers, and then puts him away, finally. Yeah, it was wild. The commentators just kept doing the Rainmaker thing. <laughs> I was like, bruh. <laughs> uh, that match went 39 minutes, 16 seconds. Really? Yep. I was trying to Google what the move is called, but I don't know how to look up these things. I can look it up real quick. Hang on. I'm 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 not going to the Googles. Akamegoye. That's his finishing move. Which is that, the... says some, that means something about God, because Kami is God. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I got. Uh, God needs. This article says it. the Kamigoya is, is translated to meaning to surpass God. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Bushi's cool. Bushi is cool. So yeah, I he, like him. He loses this match. He loses his shot at the belt. He looks very sad. He's very sad. Okada wins, and he's just like, oh, boy. <laughs> that sure was a match. And then Naito comes out and is like, hey, we're going to wrestle tomorrow. I'm going to beat you this time. He just threw his belt on the ground. Yeah. So who wins? Uh, so the next night, they do the, the losers match, where Jay White and Ibushi fight. Oh. And Ibushi loses again. No! <laughs> Which is not good. Uh, against then, Rasputin? Yeah, he lost against Rasputin. Oh my god, it's terrible. And then the double gold main event. Uh, I want to read you from Wikipedia about the climax of this match, which is very good. Like, There's a lot of like good storytelling in like the climax of this match. Okay. Um, During the match's climax, Naito countered a Rainmaker into a Destino for a near fall. Naito later attempted another Destino, but Okada prevented it. After finally hitting his old Stardust press, fi fi that press finisher, which there's been a story going on with him, with Naito wanting to do this, his old finishing move when he was like the good guy and everyone rejected him. Mm -hmm. And like he, he did it at the, the last time these two had fought at Wrestle Kingdom. But like he was very reluctant to do it. He was kind of just like, oh, uh, uh, I guess I'll do this. And, he, and it messes up for him. And that's how he loses. So this time he fully embraces it like he does like the old poses and everything and the crowd f eats it up wow. and he hits it. He hits another Destino and he f wins both belts Wow! and the crowd goes wild. Wow. It was it was like it was a very good cathartic moment for like Naito fans in particular because like a lot of times we had seen him kind of just like be the bridesmaid or come up short especially at wrestle kingdom and now he finally got the win he had been wanting and like mm -hmm. all the fans have been wanting so like it was a very cool moment and everything so yeah that's how the the double double gold main event ends of wrestle kingdom um back to the loser thing yes i'm going to write that off as him falling on his head <laughs> made it hard for him to win yes. i don't care that it was scripted I don't care. 
that that's the story. I'm sticking to it. So yeah, Naito wins both belts. They were eventually going to do a Naito Hiromu match at the anniversary show, mm-hmm. which God, I would have loved to see because those both those guys are maniacs. <laughs> um, but they didn't do it because the COVID hit. Right. So they they still have not done that match, and I'm very disappointed. What? Well. Yeah. Um. Do you want to know what happens next year? Because our our boy Abushi had a tough time. But he had a he had a decent 2020. He was able to come back. He wins the G1 again, giving him the right to t- to challenge for both belts at the next year's Wrestle Kingdom. Good for him. And then he lost his 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 right to do that to Jay Have White you- to Rasputin. No. <laughs> but Naito is like, hey, I'll I'll fight both of you guys. I'll fight Ibushi on night one, and then whoever wins will face Jay White on the second night. And uh, our boy finally did it. He did it? Ibushi defeats Naito in the first night of Wrestle Kingdom 15 to become IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion and then goes on to defeat Jay White for both belts again in night two. In a match that went 48 minutes. (laughs) God, what? Yeah. What? 48 minutes. I. Whoa. That's a long match. Yes. Um, and then Ibushi goes on to you u- like unite both belts to create the IWGP World Heavyweight Title, and everyone gets mad at him for it. <laughs> Why do they get mad at him? Because the the new belt didn't look as good as the old belt, so there's like, ugh, gross. Ugh. And then he gets hurt, I think, and loses the title, and then he's kind of been battling injuries and legal disputes now and hasn't been wrestling this year, That's which is so very disappointing because he's great. Big, let Ibushi do big, dumb big things bummer. or just let him go and just hang out and be happy. <laughs> Either be way. Be happy and ridiculous. Yeah, be ridiculous and happy. I'm okay with that as well. Let him do flips. Let him do flips, but not on his head. No, don't don't flip on your head, Abushi. That's bad. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, that, nope. That is a uh, day one or night one of Wrestle Kingdom fourteen that we watched. That was that was an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It was an experience. Certainly a different experience for you, for sure. Yes. Yes. Different kind of experience. Yes. I I I should be a wrestling commentator. You should. You just say ow all the time. Ow. Ow. Can they do that? Is that legal? I mean Oh, that's can painful. They, can they do it? Is it legal? I don't know. Do you know? You just you just want a clarification of all the rules at every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so bring my, me the my, rule book. My other friend who's into Japanese wrestling was saying that I would be the equivalent of like this one guy who has his grandma like report on wrestling. <laughs> it's pretty good. And I'd be like, yeah, honestly, that's probably what it would be like. I would I would be the grandma commentating on wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's like. Now you see here, boy. You can't do that. <laughs> oh man! I don't know the rules. I don't know anything about. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. <sighs> um, I know, I know. I made you watch four hours of wrestling. 
You did, yes. But did you have a good time? It was it was very fun. Good, I'm glad. Um, I don't know that this is something I would do on the regular, but right, um, right, right. <laughs> it it was it was fun. I got into it. Um, I I, I feel terrible for our flippy friend, but also like it's a good show. Had had the Catman win. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Got to see all kinds of weird entrances. <laughs> you sure did. Got to see a gal's butt. Yep. Um. There's a lot. There's a lot. Got to see a Bushi's butt. Not his actual butt, but like his butt in the shorts. That dude's butt's probably bigger than I am. <laughs> Dude does some squats. You could tell. Yeah, he's a, he's very fit. It's probably because all the flips. <laughs> Gotta be acrobatic. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, it it was it was a wild, wild thing, and um, I I I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it <laughs> because it seems so surreal at points. I'm just like, okay, it's not as surreal as you know somebody wrestling a blow up doll, but. Yeah, the, yeah, I mean, that's that's a very extreme, <laughs> extreme side of things. Or, like, there was a video once you showed me of, like, somebody getting thrown in an elevator. Yes, that was the yeah. Catman. The Catman! He won a match by throwing someone in an elevator and coming back to the ring in time. <laughs> that was during the, the, the pandemic. That's brilliant. Yeah, that was real good. That's brilliant. Like, <laughs> that... That's surreal, and I love it. Um... So this this felt like more wrestling wrestling than just like, you know, I threw a man in an elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was very entertaining. Wrestling can be fun. It can be fun. It's also horrifying at times. Yes. Looks like it's a big ouchie. <laughs> Whole lot of ouchies going on. Lots of ouchies. I I hope they have good medical teams. Uh... Oh no. Uh, yeah, that that's that's a different conversation for a different time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Anyways. Oh no. <laughs> that's Al experiencing pro wrestling for our three hundredth episode. Me just saying oh no a lot. Oh no an owl. <laughs> oh no owl. Oh, that was a fun time. I'm good. glad we got to do that. I I I agree. That was good. We're going to have to find something else weird to do for our 400th episode, that's for sure. You know what? I'm sure we could find something, but... We, we, we got, got, we got, we, a, you we got, got a year time. and a half to figure that out, essentially. We got time. We sure got time. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. The big three zero zero. We did it. We did it. 300. Ooh. I was able to do this episode after getting the 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 cocktail of vaccines. You got the cocktail. What better way to celebrate than doing the 300th episode? I know, right? Like, cool. You're not gonna get COVID, probably. Well, not guaranteed, but it won't be as bad. You you will have a better chance of doing okay. Yay! And that's a plus. That is a plus. So we celebrate by doing 300 episodes and talking about Flippy Boys mm-hmm. and For Catman. Sure. And Catman. 
Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So if you'd like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like the Jared and Al Watch podcast. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a critical analysis of Love Life Sunshine and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash SACOVA. Buy us a slice of to get access to unedited versions of the podcast early and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, big thank you to everyone who's been with us, ride or die, supporting us thank from you, episode you. one or whatever episode you jumped on thank you, thank and you. been with us for this wild ride of 300 episodes. We very much appreciate it. Mwah. Super duper appreciate it. Yes, very much so. But that doesn't mean the ride's stopping here. We got next week coming up, 301. What are we doing? I don't know. Oh, well. Al's probably going to have played a game by then, and maybe she'll talk about it, or we'll just find something else to talk about. Who knows? You think I can really finish it in that period? I don't know. I was just I was just making sayings. Oh, my gosh. It's the first episode of October next week. What? Spooky season's upon us. Oh, my God. We need to play the spooky game. We do. We also got to watch that uh, Netflix Resident Evil show. Oh, right. We do. We got we got some spooky things coming up in the month of October. Spooky. So look forward to all of that coming up in the next month and the next hundred episodes to see what other dumb thing we decide to do for four hundred. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yep. <laughs>